Let me dismiss our kids to be back uh, in the back with our workers in transformation station this morning. And I'd like to welcome all of you to our fifth anniversary service as a church, huh? Super, super excited uh, that you're here uh, to uh, celebrate with us. Whether you're new or not so new to Redemption Hill, uh, really, really thankful that you could join us on this special occasion. My name is Tanner Turley. I serve as the lead pastor of Redemption Hill, and uh, just super humbled and grateful for what God has done as he's writing this story in the life of our church. Uh, I hope that you'll make plans. If you don't already have them, I hope you'll, you'll plan to stick around for our jazz brunch that's going to follow the service immediately after. So we'll, we'll wrap up, and then we'll move downstairs for an awesome brunch. We're going to have some good music. We're going to have some really good food, okay? I can guarantee you that, all right? So stick around uh, for, the, for, the, for the fun uh, after our time of worship. Well, uh, today what I want to attempt to do is uh, help us consider what God has done over these past five years, and at the same time, uh, seek to consider who we desire to be as a church moving into the next five years of our story. And so it's pretty amazing to consider that uh, in June of 2010, okay, this is, this is a, a story art piece that was uh, made by Ms. Lauren Sanders, all right? Um, she makes our church planting apprentice in Arlington. Kevin, really famous because she's his wife. Um, but, uh, but she uh, put this together for us, and the story really begins kind of off the, off the, the piece, all right? In, in, in 2005, I began to pray about the possibility of starting a church in one of America's largest and most influential cities, and so this dream that God started to deposit in my heart uh, was quickly clarified when in 2005, I visited the great city of Boston to come to watch my and your beloved Red Sox. And you know, and listen, you know that God was already at work in the city because just the year before, um, he used, you know, a bunch of ragtag guys to break the curse of them Bambino, right? Thank you very much. And so, you know, God was already clearly doing some crazy things in Boston. And so when I, when I visited, I just got to tell you, I fell in love with the city. Loved it. I mean, you can't go to Fenway Park and walk down, you know, Boylston and Newberry and, you know, hit up, hit up the garden, uh, you know, there in the common and then actually slept in the airport that night because I was single and that's what single guys do. I had to fly out at 6 a.m. so that was a lot cheaper and more expedient, you know. Um, but, 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 you know, this dream started with, with this that then became uh, the dream of five other adults, including my wife. And we drug six kids along uh, in the journey. Sorry, I said uh, five. It's actually six, six other adults. So seven adults drug six other uh, kids to Boston in June of 2010. And so uh, if you just think about this story, some stats help to tell the story of Redemption Hill. And now we, we, let me just be clear. We care about stats because stats represent stories of individual people, right? So, so we have uh, moved from a group that was gathering in homes, actually, when we, we moved here in the summer. Um, one of our main goals at that point was, was not to look like a cult, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's really hard to do, actually, um, uh, you know, at that point. But, um, but we actually uh, 
were able to see the first group that was meeting multiply, uh, started a second group in September, which then started a, a third group in January. And then we just said, you know what, let's go for it and let's start our Sunday services on April 10th of 2011 at the Spring Step Building uh, beside City Hall here in Medford Square. So we had a great, uh, about two and a half year journey there. Uh, then we were able to move to the Boys and Girls Club downstairs here. One of our greatest local partners here in Medford uh, welcomed us into their space. And we spent two years there. And then finally, as you know, this past September, we moved upstairs to the Chevalier Theater. And we've seen God take a group of 13 people. And just two weeks ago, we had 324 people here on Easter Sunday. Pretty phenomenal what God has done in a short amount of time. We've seen our groups go from that one little group of 13 people to now 12 groups spread across the city. We've seen uh, our, our membership grow from, from zero to 124. We've seen 41 people say, I'm all in with what Jesus is about, and I'm going to follow him. And they were then baptized as a, as a symbol of their commitment to him. And the the stories can go on and on and on. And so today, I want us to to think about uh, this. I believe God has ignited something here that is going to burn for a really, really long time. I believe that God is writing this, this great story, not for the sake of the people of Redemption Hill, but, but for the sake of, of, of many people outside of Redemption Hill, and most importantly, so that people can know who he is. So, so here, here's what we're trying to do. As we think about the great things that God has done within the people of Redemption Hill, we're not simply focused on that, but what we want to do is we want to consider the impact that this church is making in this city. Because we believe that's, that's one of the greatest measures of the value of a church is not only what happens kind of in the midst of the people that make up that church, but how those people are contributing to a greater Medford and a greater Boston. And so this is what I want us to think about today. We've seen God do an incredible work over the first five years. How is it that we will see him continue to build this church to make a difference in this city? And so the encouragement that I have for us today is is that we would continue building a greater city by living as a city within the city. Right now, now you're like, Tanner, man, that's a mouthful. Like, aren't you supposed to be a little more simple than that? Like, can you just break that down for us uh, a little moment? Yes, yes, I can, all right? So, so number one, the, first, the, the, the end part is really simple, right? We live in the city. We are all citizens of Medford or a surrounding city, right? Um, so we are, we are citizens of, of, of this city. But what we find as we read the story of Jesus is that the people that were hanging out with him, believe it or not, he would tell them, you are the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. And so Jesus says, you are, you are a city. I am building you into a city that reflect the values that, that I am instilling in you. And now you live as 
the city of God inside of the city of man. We have a, a dual citizenship, if you will. We are dwelling as a city within the city. And so as we think about this, this idea, I want us to turn to Hebrews chapter 13. We're just going to look at five verses today. I guess it's appropriate five verses on the fifth anniversary. I didn't plan that, but there you go. Um, we're going to look at verses 12 through 16. So if you grab one of the Bibles that we provide for you back there, it's page 1010, right? That's 1010. Or you can just follow along on the screen as I read this for us. But I want to give three encouragements on what it will look like for us to continue building a city within the city, all right? So let's read these uh, verses together. This is what the writer says. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. As we think about what it looks like to to celebrate these first five years, but to, to look ahead to who we desire to be in these next five years and beyond, I want to give you three encouragements of what this can look like, okay? Um, number one, what does that look like to continue uh, building a greater city? Well, the first step is to continue building a greater city by seeking the greater city. All right, so think about this. Why would anyone uh, want to start a church in a city like Boston? I think there are two strategic reasons that uh, we can consider, all right? Number one, cities, as you know, are absolutely dense and diverse when it comes to the people that make up that city. So, so whether you realize it or not, like urbanization, right? This, this reality of massive amounts of people moving into the cities across the globe, it is a reality that is here to stay. The United Nations will tell us that 54% of the world's population dwells in cities. And by 2050, that number is supposed to rise to roughly 66%. Crazy when we think about the the reality of urbanization. And and so you have people that are flocking to the cities, diverse uh, people that are coming here. And as someone has said, I think God maybe loves the city more than he loves rural areas. And why is that? It's because God loves people more than cows. I mean, that's like, doesn't that encourage you here? I'm like, I'm just here for you, right? I'm here to, to boost your self-esteem by a few micro points. Right? Like, hey, by the way, God loves cows, all right? Don't like, don't, don't get mad, okay? Like, God loves them too. But like, we're made in his image. We're, we're made to reflect him. So God loves the city. Um, Cities are also centers of regional and global influence. And so as one pastor says, as the cities go, so goes society. And so you have 
people that are working in these, these major fields of, of education and, and business and governance, technology, medicine. They're, they're all here, and in, in, in the city is where culture is made and culture is spread. This all happens in the city. The city is a place of great potential. I mean, what happens when you put people together in close proximity? The natural result is, is creativity and productivity, right? So cities are great places of great potential. Um, the, the, the ambitious and the marginalized come together in the same spot to pursue a greater life together. And so I just have to say, I know I'm a little bit biased, all right, but, but I believe that we have a great city here in the city of Boston. Anybody, you know, kind of agree with that? Uh, yeah, thank you for being so excited about that, all right? It's the, it's the anniversary, you can like get a little excited, okay? Um, this is, all right, this is like what other people were saying about, like, this is the Athens of America, huh? This is the cradle of liberty. How about that? This is, I appreciate that, this is Titletown. Huh? All right, now I knew it was going to get a little something, something. All right. This is the hub of the universe, according to Oliver Wendell Holmes. All right, that's just, you know, we're, we're humble around here. Um, so um, this is a great city. Boston is a global city with, with truly global influence. What happens here? The ripple effects are felt all over the, the world. But, but then you say, well, Tanner, like, okay, yes, this Boston in general, but, but why Medford? And whenever I explain to people who don't live in Medford, like, why Medford? I always say, like, when you think about Boston in general, you have all of these kind of aspects here in, in Medford. So you have rich diversity. You have um, the, the arts. You have really good food, right? Um, we have really quick access to the garden and to the, you know, Fenway Park. Um, we have wicked smart people around here, right? I mean, Tufts University, you know, the, the people, I would have never gotten into school there. That's all right. Um, but, you know, like people that are changing the game in these major fields of of influence. You have your straight-up, hard-working, family-loving, blue-collar, no-nonsense, what-you-see-is-what-you-get, MEFA people. You know what I'm saying? Love, love our city. Love the diversity of our city. Did you know that, that kids from 68 different birth countries walk the halls of Medford High just down the street? Pretty phenomenal when you consider the diversity, the opportunity to, to be a part and to serve such a great city. But as we think about the great city of Boston, as we think about the great city of Medford, I'm just, I'm here to tell you today, there is a greater city. There is a greater city. Look, look back at verse 14 and listen uh, to what it says. It says, for here, here, we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. There is a greater city ahead. And this greater city will go way beyond your greatest utopian dreams. I'm talking about a place where there is absolutely uninterrupted harmony between God and man and man and his fellow man. 
There is a place where we will no longer tear one another down, no longer seek to be better than someone else because of our own pride and insecurities. There'll be no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more death in that city. Problems will be over. Perfection will be forever. All addiction will die in that city. This is what we have to look forward to. This is our hope. And so as we think about this city that God is going to usher in at the end of the, at the, end of the age, at the end of, of all of world's, the, the world's history, there is going to be this reality of a greater city. Then the question becomes like, so like Tanner, do we just kind of sit back and relax and just like wait for that city to come? Is, is that the game plan? Or is there something kind of better than that? Like, how do we, if, if there is a greater city, how do we, in the words of verse 14, like, how do we seek that greater city? And I think there's no better way to do that than to seek to embody that city while we live in this city. You follow me? So, so, so how do we do that? Well, uh, look back at verses 15 and 16. What does it say? Through him then... Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And so we build a greater city, not only by seeking that greater city, but by also performing generous deeds. Performing generous deeds. And I'm, think about this, okay? We're not talking about, right? This is, this is important. We're not talking about just a few kind of random moments of kindness. Although that is, that is important, right? What we're talking about is a lifestyle of, of generous deeds that are just naturally flowing out of our lives, We build a greater city by being the very best citizens of this city. And so just just dream with me for a minute, okay? The greater city happens when we seek the good of others just through a good day's labor, right? We talked about being for the city at work last week and how God cares about our 9 to 5 or our 9 to 9 or whatever that looks like for us, right? He wants to use us in our vocational spheres, our workplaces, We seek a greater city by giving of our time to be a good neighbor, by extending financial generosity to help those in need. The greater city happens when we seek to make Medford a safer and more beautiful place. So that's why on April 30th, when we have a cleanup in Medford Square, I'm hoping that we bring about 100 people, right? Why not? You agree? Like, I'm going to be counting, all right? How many... People we have there to just to clean up and make Medford Square a more beautiful place. The greater city happens when we pray for and work toward unity among residents, justice for the marginalized and the poor, better health care, better education for children, and economic progress, and, and so much more. We want to work toward a greater city by engaging in generous deeds. And, and, and think about this, okay? Um, there, there are basically two kind of attitudes toward, toward the city, all right? People will either basically use the city or people will seek to build the city. 
People will, will take from the city or people will seek to do something for the city. People will say, look, Boston is my ticket to a better life. Or they'll say, I want to be part of a solution that works toward a greater Boston, a greater Medford. And so this is what we have, since we arrived in June of 2010, this is what we have attempted, however imperfectly, this is what we have attempted to do as a church. So we can just look at some of what God has done. Um, We have been a part of seeing 25 Medford parks revitalized in our city. We've hosted 18 different community events. Many of you are well aware of soccer nights week in the summer, um, our extravaganzas that we just had, you know, Easter egg hunts for kids, all these free events, fun nights in August. 18 different community events that are pretty huge investment for us. Um, but, then, but then there are smaller scale things as well that, that, that are equally significant, perhaps more, more significant. We've hosted food drives, clothing drives, and ESL classes for our city. We've served Thanksgiving dinners to nearly 400 families over the past five years. Wasn't that a lot of fun? We've invested thousands of volunteer hours here in this facility downstairs at the Medford Boys and Girls Club. So we've helped out with events, and, and, and we've uh, sent volunteers to work there ourselves, and we've beautified the space to improve it for the kids and families that make up the club. And in, in case you didn't know, right, the Boys and Girls Club is one of Medford's greatest assets. So that's why when you say, like, we can't do everything that we'd like to do in the city, so we're just going to focus in on one really key asset and, and do the best that we can to help them. And so I just, I've been holding out some information from you for the past few weeks, all right? But, but Redemption Hill, listen to this. You are the 2016 Community Partner of the Year for the Middlesex County Boys and Girls Club. How about that, huh? Pretty amazing. That is a, listen, that is a huge, that is a huge honor, all right? In the words of my sister, that is huge, all right? That's crazy huge, all right? Huge. You can put that into your uh, dictionary this week, all right? So, um, so, so what, a, what an honor for us. And, and, and this, is, this is all because we want to be a church that is in the city for the city. And as we think about this, this is what I love to think about. It's like, you know, let's just kind of think about, like, what is happening kind of, like, off the map. You know what I'm saying? Because the way that I see this story is, like, you know, we're five years in, and and we're just kind of getting warmed up here. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of, you know, like, loosening up, and and, and it's, it's game time now. Let's go. Let's continue to build a greater city. You say, well, Tanner, like, okay, like, this, this art is nice, and, you know, these are things to be celebrated, but, like, is this kind of just some kind of self-congratulation session? <laughs> like, you came here today, maybe this is your first time to Redemption Hill, and we're talking about all these things that we've done, and, well, listen, let me, let me just say a couple things about that, okay? Um, number, number one, we would not be where we are today apart from hundreds of people, other churches, organizations, individuals that have made huge investments to see a new church get started that's for the city. 
So that, that's number one, all right? And we're, we're well aware of that. So let's, maybe we could thank everyone that's invested in the life of Redemption Hill to see what God has done over these first five years. Thank you. But, but more importantly than that, listen, listen, this is, so, this is so important. We are who we are, and we do what we do because of who Jesus is. We, we are who we are, and we do what we do because of him. Look, look back in verse 15. What does it say? It says this, through him then, this, this through Jesus, then let us continually offer up this sacrifice of praise to God. In other words, like, God, you get the credit. Jesus, like, you have done this. You have changed us so that we want to bring change to others. And so in this story of Redemption Hill, we just want to say, like, Jesus is the story. He is the one that deserves the credit. And so we're just, we're content to be, in, in the story, we're just content to be this like little footnote. And the footnote just says like, Jesus is the story. And, and the footnote beyond that says, um, you know, like, he's, he's the one that's done this. And then the third and footnote just says like, Ibid, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can just be that Ibid down there. Anybody read on research people, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, like just the same thing again and again and again. Like, God is the one who has done this. So every time we engage in a good deed and we take a Thanksgiving meal to a family or we volunteer some time to make Medford a greater place, like, we're doing this because of Christ, because of what he has done for us. And so, listen, the, the rhythm is always this. We talk about this all the time. It, it, is, it is not like just good actions, but we want to match our actions with words that acknowledge who Christ is. But we certainly don't want to just talk about who Christ is and not match that up with some action, right? So it's, it's always word and deed or deeds and words, and the reason for this is, is that because this is what we see embodied in the life of Christ. If you're new to Christianity, just read the Gospels. And what you're going to see is people, Jesus is going around caring for people and feeding people and healing people and helping people. But he's also teaching them about who he is in the kingdom of God. So just consider this, all right? Words without deeds is hypocrisy. Would you agree? Hypocrisy. We don't want to talk a good game. Like, we want to back that up and, and, and make sure people know it's real. But, but deeds without words is insincere. It's inauthentic. Inauthentic. How do you say that, man? It's insincere, all right? Yeah, I guess in my notes, I can't even, I can't even read that, all right? All right so, so, so listen, think about this, right? Think about this. Like, would you go to Mystic Coffee Roasters and, and hear them, like, talking in code about the coffee beans? Like, like would you, would you uh, come into the, to the club, the Boys and Girls Club, and hear the values of, 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 of what they're about and, and never hear them talk about the kids? So why would we as a church like, do everything we do but not attach, attach the credit to who Christ is and what he's done in us? Listen, we're, we're, not, we're not great. Like, like in and of ourselves, there's nothing great about us, but there's something great about him, and that's why we're working toward a greater city. And so we want to continue building a greater city by seeking 
the city that is to come by performing generous deeds. And then finally, and then this is, this is where it kind of all comes to a head, uh, we want to do this by going beyond our own comfort. And so I want to kind of end with the beginning here and, and trace back to verses 12 and 13 because verses 12 and 13 motivate everything that's happening here in this, in this, this, this passage, right? So, so this is what it says. Um, it says, so Jesus also, suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. So so here's what you need to know. There was this ancient practice in Israel known as Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And on this day, the people would offer sacrifices to God in order to, to show God that they were, they were serious, that they meant business, that they were sorry for, for ways that they had deviated from, from his plans for their life, which we have all done right here in the room. And so they would make these sacrifices, and, and after they would, they would kill a, a bull and a goat, what they would do is they would carry the remains outside of the city of Jerusalem And there they would burn the remains. And and this place, listen, outside the gates was the place of exclusion, rejection, and shame. And so what the writer sees here is that there is a, a, a correspondence between that and what is happening on the cross when Jesus died in between two death row criminals outside of the gates of Jerusalem on a Roman cross. You see, Jesus went to the place of rejection so that we might be accepted. Jesus went to the place of exclusion that we might be brought in. Jesus took on the shame that that was ours that we might be honored and lifted up before God through the gift that he offers us. So Jesus goes out that we might be brought in. This is why like, the, the word gospel, which you hear us talk about at, at Redemption Hill, it just means good news. Like, that, is, that is really good news. That in spite of how like, God made us for a relationship with himself, and, and basically what has gone on is like we've all said, like, no, thank you, God. I've got this on my own. I've got enough wisdom to navigate life on my own. I've got enough, you know, I can kind of choose my own way. And that's what we've all done. This is what the Bible says about about each of us. But in spite of us turning away from God, God turns toward us and he offers us this gift of life. And so now for all of us who have been accepted and been brought into this place of of this right uh, standing with God through Christ. Now we want to go out beyond our comfort like Jesus did so that others can experience the city that is to come. I want to ask you today, have you received this rich gift of life that Jesus offers to all people? Are you a, are you a citizen of the city that is to come. This is the gift that God offers you today. 
And so as we, as we think about being motivated then, right? Because what does verse 13 say? It says, so, so, so then therefore let us also go, right? We're, we're, we're going beyond our own comfort so that we can build a greater city. So just, just think about this, all right? It, it's, it's hard to go beyond our comfort, right? I mean, it's not, it's not easy to start anything new in Boston, but it's especially difficult to start a new church in Boston, right? I mean, this is the place where uh, old church buildings are turned into condominiums, right? And so it's, 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 it's not an easy task, and yet... God is, is doing this, not only in Redemption Hill, but many other churches across this, the city. And, 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 and not only is it, is it hard, but, but more importantly, it's worth it. It's worth it to see God change our lives and the lives of those around us. And so, so as we think about what it takes to, to go beyond our comfort, it, it is what we see in the cross of Christ, right? It is sacrificial love. It is, it is love that is, that is not concerned about our own advantage, but we're actually willing to be disadvantaged for the advantage of someone else. This is what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so this is what we do for the sake of others. One of, one of the most common questions I get as one of the pastors of Redemption Hill is this, like, Tanner, how has God done such a great work in such a short amount of time? And so one of the most common answers that I give people is this, is that, God has brought us people who are unafraid of sacrifice. I mean, we have people who get here Sunday mornings, a few of them that that start as early as 7.30 in the morning. We have uh, people that uh, volunteer basically a a large portion of their week to be part-time staff, but have not even gotten paid for that. Incredible. Incredible. We've seen a younger church when we started back in 2011. We've seen us become a multi-generational church because some people were willing to get uncomfortable and like become friends with people half their age. You know what I'm saying? That's significant. That's a sacrifice. Together, we have sent out beyond the the, the needs of Redemption Hill, we have sent out $216,000. Because this, is, this, this whole deal is just not about us. We want to we benefit those around us. We've seen young women uh, answer the call to go and work with sex trafficking victims overseas. There's a culture of sacrifice here. And this is what Tim Keller says about, about a healthy church, right? He says this, there is no, he's a pastor in New York City, uh, there is no more practical index of whether your church has movement dynamics, right? Like we want to go somewhere, right? Like this is not the end of the story. We want to continue moving forward. And this is what he says, there is no more practical index of whether your church has movement dynamics than examining whether you have a culture of sacrifice. If the top leaders of the church are the only ones making all the sacrifices, then you don't have a movement culture. But I'm just saying, what I've seen over the past five years is that we do have a movement culture because we have people who are unafraid to make sacrifice. So thank you 
for being a part of this journey together. Listen, what, what happens? All right, just let's tie it all together, okay? What happens when we engage in generous deeds, attaching the, the credit to Jesus, motivated by his love for us as we seek the greater city? This is what happens. We together point to that city that is to come. And so as, as we tell the truth, we tell the story of a city where there will be complete transparency and honesty. When we put a meal on someone's table, we picture forth the, the city where no one will hunger or thirst. When we love our neighbor, we tell the story of a city where hate cannot be found. We are, we are building a city within this city that is pointing forward to the greater city that is to come. And, and here's our hope, right? Here's our hope, is that as we do this, people will say, you know what, hmm, that's, that's, really, that's really appealing. But they would move towards saying, you know what, that is appealing to saying, you know what, I'd really love to be a citizen of that city. To which we're just saying, like, Jesus has opened wide his arms, and so have we uh, to see more and more people brought into these kind of city values that Jesus exemplifies through his service, through his love, through his sacrifice. And we're just trying to get in on that and bring others into that as well. So listen, it has been a great first five years, but I'm just fully convinced, listen, I'm fully convinced that the best is absolutely yet to come. And so let's keep journeying together as a church, seeking a greater city, a greater method, a greater Boston for the sake of pointing others to the greater city of the city of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you've done in the life of, of this church. God, we're humbled when we consider how gracious you have been to us. God, we're, we're, we're humbled when we consider how many, how many people have, have come in and out of this journey already and, and, and for the hundreds that, that are on the horizon. And so, God, we just pray that, that as, we, uh, as we seek to build this greater city, Lord, that, that you would help us not to rest content, but that you would push us forward by your grace to promote this, the good of this city and that we would, God, we would have a lot of fun doing it in the process because you never separate uh, our work from our joy in you. So, God, help us, we pray, as we embark on this next five years and, and way beyond, God, we pray that they would be all that you desire for them to be. In the name of Christ.